When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and thank you for joining us for a tripe supper, our second in the week. This has been a fair bit to talk about, has there not, fellas? Yeah. Um, last week we were talking to Tony Pulis, looking back on obviously his tenure, his departure. This week, as promised, we're going to look at what happens next. We will discuss names, there's obviously been names tossed around. What I didn't expect when we gathered last week was that within a week, Gabriel Battistuta's name would have cropped up. Batty Goal. Yeah, I remember, I remember I when I was a kid seeing him on the back week in, week out. Yeah, I think he's only there because Ravinelli isn't available at the minute to throw his hat in. It's amazing that he hasn't, Rav. He's normally the first one, isn't he? It's, uh, it's a special club and it was a special time. Which doesn't quite fit with the evidence that was before our eyes at the time. We could have probably got something out of Ravinelli accepts defeat in his quest to become the <laughs> yeah. manager, just on the yeah. fact that he hasn't said anything in the last week. Um, so yeah, we, we'll discuss the more realistic and not so realistic options later on. But first, we're going to talk about what type of manager Borough are going to look at. Vic, what what fits the bill before we look at who fits the bill? Yeah, well, I, mean, I spoke to Steve Gibson last week, and uh, he. He wants to make a quite a radical change in mentality around the club. He wants he, he realizes that the uh, the way out of this division is to have a go at teams. The evidence of the the top six last season shows that the the ones that finished in the top six were the ones that scored more goals. Uh, I think that would ring a that would strike a chord with fans who want to see more attacking football. Uh, the chairman wants to play a more attacking football. He wants to turn to youth and use the, the academy talent that, that's there available and also uh, switch transfer uh, dealings towards not so much the established uh, expensive journeyman types that, that we've gone for in the recent past, ready-made components, but uh, to younger, hungry players with a point to prove and also with uh, the, the possibility of increasing in value uh, or, Every club at this level is a selling club, and we've seen some have had significant success, and that that leads towards a model where the club is more sustainable over the medium and long term. On paper, Phil, that makes absolute perfect sense, doesn't it? Mm. Is it is it possible to do that in a summer, or is that a two or three year process? Um, that's a really good question. I think you can lay the you can put the groundwork down in the summer certainly, and I think it's. I think it's helpful that you're appointing a manager coming out of a season so that, you know, I mean, that's really what should have happened with Gary Munn because he was appointed fairly early, wasn't he? Um, you know, a similar sort of time scale, you'd have to think this time whereby a manager might be in by the middle of June, let's say, early to middle middle of June. He can only work with the players he's got. You know, he can come in with the best of intentions um, and, and say I want to play this way and I want to use this these type of players but he's got a squad that he has to work with You know, it's going to be difficult we've said in this forum before it's going to be difficult moving some players on having said all that I do believe probably all of us are guilty of thinking that you know players can only play one type of football in one system you know the, the classic example Sheffield United have proven that you can take to use that awful word you know, we've just mentioned journeymen take hard work honest 
players with a little bit about them and put them together into a team of eleven and succeed. You know, nobody was nobody for a second two years ago would have predicted that Sheffield United would have you know achieved two you know two promotions in three years and would be a Premier League side by now. Um, so I, I I think if I'm pleased that that's the message that's come out of the club and we, that's what we were expecting, wasn't it? We know that the last year has been a bit of a a, a, a tactical dead end. Um, the fans have been frustrated. Um, the entertainment value has been very low, if, if at times at home, in, in particular non-existent. So I think it felt like Middlesbrough were out of step, out of time. With the, you know, you know, we saw we saw a lot of teams, didn't we? Just playing a bold brand of football, um, swashbuckling. Yeah, sometimes swashbuckling. I think just as we said last time, the idea that the Borough team's going to go out there and actually have a go. Um, I would think that if they get the right manager in at the right time, there's no reason, you know, you get, you've got a reasonably long pre-season, you know, hopefully if Borough can get a couple of signings in before they go off to wherever they're going to go off to, we, we presume it's Austria, I don't know whether that'll still be the case. Um, you know, if, 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 the, if the main bulk of the team the squad is available from the start of pre-season and that the manager can work with them, tell them what they want, you know, start working on team shape, uh, have the right you know emphasis on on as we've talked about attacking on and on going forward and playing in a certain way. Then I think there's a there's a fighting chance of of starting the season in the right fashion. Um, I mean, what you don't want to see um, is what we saw with Gary Monk, whereby he spent the virtually the entire. There was an uncertainty. Yeah, the entire pre-season playing one particular way, then in the final friendly of the summer against Augsburg, he changed the system completely and then used that system at Wolves. And and, 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 and from that moment on, looked as though he didn't really know what formula was the best to, to suit the players that he had to work with. He had a lot of new players, let's not forget. So it's very much up in the air at the moment. I think it's worth saying if you're going to change the mentality and, and ethos around the club it's not just on the pitch it's off the pitch as well yeah. and this hasn't just been plucked out of the air we have been getting messages now for a good six months that they were looking to change things and often Tony Pulis mentioned that you know part of his remit was to change things behind the scenes uh, very often you don't see a lot of that uh, things that go on in the, in the, in the dark behind, behind the scenes you, you don't see uh, and we know that Adrian Bevington was brought in a year ago 18 months ago and part of his remit was to change the way the academy and recruitment operated and very often there's a lot of groundwork that you don't see fruit immediately and it might be that the club feel that a lot of the work they've put in over the last year or so is now in a position to to be switched on almost they put the machinery in place so the two things have to go in a hand in hand if you're changing the behind the scenes scenery when you recruit a manager uh, he needs to accept and buy into the project and, and what the what the ethos around the club is so the two things have to go hand in hand I think that's the $64,000 question you can have the right ideas and the right philosophy but ultimately, who, where will the book stop? And I know we've talked at length about this in the past, so I'm not going to revisit all of that. But we're still not quite sure. Will will the Lions share the responsibility line with the manager? Will will it be a team? Will it be a group? Will it almost be like a selection panel when it comes to signing players? Obviously, groundwork's already been done on many of the targets. We've seen the interest in Becker. Who... Well, just, just on that, Sheraldo Becker, whether or not we're a signing, is that is that 
a very, very, very early and yes. strong hint as to the type of player yeah. we can expect Borough to be going well, for. This it, it fits, doesn't it? It's it's he's a free agent obviously you may have to make up the difference because he's a free agent in terms of personal terms but he's a player 24 hopefully his best years are ahead of him obviously there's a question mark as to whether Borough can actually get him but that's the kind of thing where you think if he comes to Borough has two or three great years and if he is as good as the hope he is and you have to sell him for a for 10 million 15 million pound all the parties are happy you've made money the players contributed for three or four years he's got the next move he wants I think there has to be a, a bit more of an up a little bit less of this preciousness about, you know, players not staying forever. Players don't stay at clubs for ten years anymore. You know, and as far as football fans, we want to see the best players stay at the teams we support. But ultimately, um, you, there's got to be a realism. Virtually no player has a you know is a one club man anymore. I think and that a great goes for Man example. United players, Liverpool players, Arsenal players, you name it. A great example, championship wise, of Bristol City because year in year out. Yeah. You sell the best players or lose the best players. You look back at the likes of uh, when they had Tammy Abraham on loan, um, they sold Bobby Reid, Aidan Flint, who was a massive player there, and yet they improve. They don't just maintain where they're at, but they improve every single year. Um, we'll mention names, obviously, and, and the obvious place to start is Jonathan Woodgate, who has been favourite, um, or just about favourite. Slavisa Jukanovic's odds came in after the Sky Sports report on uh, on Wednesday morning. But Woodgate's odds have, have been, you know, pretty fixed since Tony Pulis left. He remained when the likes of Curtis Fleming and Jonathan Gould and Sam Ellis uh, left on, on Tuesday when the club announced the, the reshuffle of the backroom team. We'll start with that. Is, is there anything to read into the fact that Woodgate stayed while the rest of them left? Uh, possibly, yeah. Uh, uh, we, we know that when Tony Pulis left, he gave Steve Gibson uh, a lot of advice on who to keep, who should go, uh, run down with the squad, where it needs to change. It's interesting that of the backroom staff that was cleared out, uh, Woody has remained. Uh, and he may fit the brief in terms of buying into the, uh, the, the new ethos. Everything that we're told about him is that he, he has his own ideas. He wants to play a different style of football. Uh, he knows the, the kids in the academy. Uh, and he carries some clout within the club. He, he's well-respected. Uh, he's spent a couple of years learning under... I talk Karanka and Tony Pulis. Uh, we've yet to see that delivered on the pitch. We don't know. It's, it's always a risk. But he does tick a lot of boxes uh, in terms of uh, how he would fit into the club. Uh, the fact that he's, he's fresh. He doesn't come with any preconceptions. Uh, and, uh, and I suppose if you want to be cynical, he, he's cheap as well. Uh, to bring in a, a manager from outside, a fully formed manager with all, all his machinery and his back, backroom staff can be very, very expensive. And they come in with, you know, wanting to impose their style, which will make this particular recruitment, I think, tricky in some ways for Borough because all the obvious names that have been thrown around come with a particular style that might not sit nicely with the intentions of the club for to develop a new vision. Just, just on Woodgate, I was interested in listening to Neil Madison, I thought, on BBC T's on Friday, and he was talking about... I've been told previously that Woodgate likes Liverpool's style of play. I know I know we all do, and that's an easy thing to say, but, you know, the hard <coughs> pressing, the aggressive pressing, the intense pressing... Um, Talentite uh, spills his tea. Yeah. <laughs> and Madison was saying that, that when he's talked to Woodgate, he's, he's, Woodgate's talked about how he likes a high press, and, 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 and that sort of thing on paper... Sounds exciting. He knows the young players. 
um, which we know very well, he, he, and he rates the young players very highly. I think he understands the politics around the club and what the fans don't want to see next season. But it'd be a massive gamble. Yeah, I mean, Borough have had a history of, you know, going with, you know, vast, very inexperienced uh, management. It feels at the moment, looking at it from from the perspective that we do, and just hearing little bits and pieces that we do, it feels like to use an athletic analogy, which you might like, Dom is. You know, he's he's had his three goals in the high jump, and he's set a very very high standard. You know, and he's not going to go for his f- further three goals. It's now up to the chasing pack, to to to, to almost prove that that you know they you know they've got more to offer. And I think, you know, um, you know Steve Gibson will certainly um, think long and hard about. You know, he knows he's got to get this decision right. He's not daft. He knows he knows it's there's so many ramifications about. You know where the club go from here. You know if 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 if, the, if if he gets it wrong, so he knows he's got to get it right. But it is a gamble. Um, but is it any more of a gamble than 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 Brian Robson? Is it any more of a gamble than Steve? Post Steve McLaren, I get that he was a very very experienced, well, a very very highly regarded coach when he when he when he came to Middlesbrough. He had no management experience, and I think at times that showed. Um, Gareth Southgate's probably the rookiest of rookies, wasn't he, when he took charge? So. It would be a gamble. I think I take on board all that you know. You said Vic said as well about um, you know his knowledge about Middlesbrough and the understanding. I mean, one of the obvious questions is what sort of backroom team would he put behind him? Because you would think an experience. You'd have thought for starters he might have wanted some. I don't know what his relationship was like with Curtis. I assume it was good, but he might have been you know somebody he wanted to work with. I mean, you would need to appoint a goalkeeping coach, don't they? Probably an assistant, or certainly an assistant manager first team coach you know there are a lot of appointments to be made there and obviously one really needs to follow for the follow the main appointment so that that, that, that that's going to be interesting to see how that all pans out um I think I think I, think, a, I mean I think there's a certain South American goalkeeping coach who'd be interesting yes I think there would be yeah a lot of people would like the same here um I, the the one thing I'm slightly nervous of is that I, I did want to see a real break you know you know, but but you know, you know, there's, there's an accusation, isn't that Middlesbrough are a little bit too cosy at times by you know pointing within, bringing players back when they get towards the end of the career, um, you know, making the emotional appointment rather than maybe it's the hard nosed appointment. I think there's probably a little bit of an element of truth in that, and it, 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 the other thing is that it doesn't seem to be a potential appointment that's really grasped the fans' imagination so far. You know, I know you shouldn't take... Unless it does come as part and parcel of a of a complete change in philosophy yeah. because people do want to see the kids yeah. play. I mean, there's, there's a groundswell of opinion that they would rather see a team full of Borough kids yeah. having a go than some overpaid... I'm a little bit sceptical about the career. idea. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit sceptical about that. People say, oh, I don't care where Burr are in the league as long as they play a, whole, a certain type of football. Well, or I'm not certain... saying it's no, the, no, the, I know the you're not. Majority, I know you're not. But yeah, there is, yeah, that yeah. is something yeah. that you can tap into. I, th- I think what And if you be... get off to, to a success with that, it's very easy to, to excite yeah. the imagination. I mean, what I think would be interesting, I think he'd be very good at it if it was Woody and he rocked up at Rockcliffe and sat behind the podium. We all know he's a very plain speaker, says his yeah. mind, very, can come across as a very self-assured, very confident fellow when he wants to. And I think, and I think he is capable of sitting behind that podium and selling himself to the Borough fans and, and, and selling a vision of Middlesbrough, what it means to him, 
what 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 the club under a Jonathan Woodgate leadership would look like. What as Vic says, the younger players coming through, you know. You know, he got his chance very young himself at Leeds, didn't he? He played for England, I think. He was in 19 when he made his debut for England. So he knows that if you're good enough, it doesn't always harm to give, give her a play. So I think if Borough did go with him and he got the chance to sell his vision of the club, I think a lot of fans would be swayed by that because you know he's ultimately a Middlesbrough lad. And, and the, the, the thing that Curtis Fleming talked about when he was interviewed earlier this week on the back of that, that announcement on Tuesday was the fact that there does seem to be this boom at the minute in young former players getting jobs. So Lee Boy has done an excellent job at Charlton. Scott Parker impressed at Fulham enough to be, getting the, to be given the job. There's the obvious Frank Lampard and Stephen <laughs> Gerrard links. Will, will that be in Steve Gibson's mind? Uh, I don't think it's an automatic thing that you promote a player and he, he, he does well I, I think sometimes it can be hit and miss and, and sometimes it, it just comes down to luck being in the right place at the right time I think what will be in Steve Gibson's mind is that a lot of people will tell you that, that going the rookie route is a disaster but in his own experience Borough, uh, all Borough's most successful managers have come in have been fairly new uh, Jack Charlton will it, he uh, Gibbo would have grown up with Jack Charlton, uh, the team there, shaping the, the image of a generation. Uh, Charlton's champions, he came in with absolutely no experience, uh, fresh from playing. Uh, Brian Robson, obviously. Uh, Bruce Rioch, to some extent. Bruce Rioch had, been, had had a couple of coaching jobs, but he certainly wasn't an experienced manager. Uh, we, we have got a tradition of, of blooding new coaches and them being successful and on the other hand the, the experienced coaches we've had haven't always been great I mean Tony Pulis and Gordon Strachan both came in to steady the ship and proved deeply unpopular and arguably set the club back the the um Steve Gibson's been inundated with with approaches and offers from agents and managers we assume that all of the usual names will have been included in those approaches yeah obviously that's it's the the job of the, these people's agents is to, to get them interviews and to try and get them jobs. And we know that uh, you just need to look through the betting, betting list on any managerial appointment. Uh, the list for Borough will be almost identical to the list at West Brom. Well, you see, I think what's interesting is the list, the list, is, the list is very similar. But the, the noises that are coming out of Borough and West Brom and Swansea is actually that none of the clubs, all, all three will have similar ambitions next season, although you do wonder about Swansea's, don't you? It's going to be a, a big summer of change there. All three will have similar ambitions, but there seems to be no overlap in terms of managers who they're actually approaching, not who they're being linked with in the betting, but who they're actually approaching. Uh, you never know what's going on behind the scenes in various clubs. And you, there's also uh, names become vogue within fans and within within the media um, you can't move with without bumping into someone who's linked the, the Cowleys to to clubs that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a good fit anywhere because apart from anything else they play a very direct style of football and uh, that doesn't necessarily sit nicely with what Middlesbrough will be trying to do and other clubs too you know, everyone's trying to get the next big thing you know there's always that competition uh, and as I said, sometimes it just comes down to luck and some people might not work at a particular club for whatever reason. Uh, the market for managers is a very strange one. Uh, there will always be clubs... Who, it's, football's cyclical. 
if you've failed with a, an attacking style, you go out and you, you, your next appointment is a more rigid defensive one. If you fail playing functional football, your next appointment is almost always an attacking one. So it depends where you are on that on the life cycle of that particular uh, team that, as to what the, what the management want to do. We're being told that they want a bright, uh, uh, visionary uh, manager that, that can change the club. Uh, I mean, you, you're talking about someone who can do this, the, the kind of thing at Borough that Chris Wilder did at Sheffield United and uh, Lee Johnson's done at Bristol City, which is to stamp an image on a club uh, and to shape it for progress over the next two or three years. Slavisa Jakanovic's name is one of those that's always mentioned Phil at the top end of the championship, mainly obviously because of the job he did at Fulham and Watford. Sky Sports were reporting on Wednesday morning that he was set to be interviewed for the Borough job. And that seemed to go down very well with fans. He'd be a popular appointment. Seems to be, yeah. He's a, he's a name, isn't he? Um, I mean, I understand why fans want to see, you know, a tried and tested, well-known manager. I mean, he, he, he's got two... You can't take those two promotions away from him. Um, obviously, he came in at Watford in certain circumstances, didn't he? And, and he left before he even had a chance to take him in the Premier League. Um, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? I mean, I mean going back to, slightly going back to the point Vic was on about there, I, I hope... You know, if whoever the, whoever comes in, I hope that they can sort of sell themselves to people a little bit more than than, than certainly that Gary Monk did. Um, you know, particularly if they've got a job to do in terms of establishing themselves as a manager. So there maybe is a, a lower league manager who's coming. I mean, Yukanovic speaks for himself, so he's, he's going to you know people already know what he's about. But whoever comes in has to sell the vision of what sort of club they want. Typically, Middlesbrough managers get quite a bit of power, don't they? You know, Tony Pulis was given a lot of power behind the scenes to sort of shape the club. In, um, I'm not hearing. I mean, a lot of clubs are going down the route now, whereby almost the coach stroke manager is interchangeable, and the philosophy stays the same. We saw the Brighton uh, press conference, didn't we? With, with with Potter being unveiled, and there was you know a, a Politburo of people at the top table. And you would imagine those people will still be there the next time the manager's appointed and the next time after that, or the head coach, whatever you call it. So, I mean, we're going to go strongly down that route in terms of saying, right, this is the model of the club and you, the manager's almost interchangeable. I'm not sure of the will. I don't think that's the, the way they've gone in the past. I think Steve Gibson will want to retain quite strong hands-on influence. Um, it's his club, it's his money, it's, you know, it's, he, he's, he's built the club uh, for, for, you know, pretty much from scratch. Um, and that, and that leaves, as I say, the question mark around um, how much autonomy the manager will get. I think the new manager will get a lot, you know, a lot of say. It's just, I think it's just the way Middlesbrough is set up. I could be wrong, but um, but in terms of who the fans want, it's you're you're right. It, that you know, in terms of there hasn't been a huge groundswell behind Jonathan Woodgate at the moment, certainly in terms of social media. But you kind of itch names like that. There seems a lot of interest. I mean, Chris Hewton last week. When you know a lot of people jumped straight on that, didn't they? When he's he was announced at Brighton and sacked him, and it was interesting that because it doesn't strike you as a manager who would, you know, play a particularly you know exciting brand of football. He's certainly not a manager who who you know for all his achievements isn't a manager who really engages with fans. He certainly doesn't really engage with the press. So as a break from the Pulis style, would that have been a big, big, big break? But he was very, he seemed very popular with a lot of supporters I spoke to and, and, and noticed on social media. Well, that's partly just because you're available. But as soon as you become available, people make the link. The thing with Djokovic, I, th- I think he comes with an entire machinery. He has all his own backroom staff 
coaches, conditioning coaches, fitness coaches, scouts, the whole lot. And maybe that that feels like it may be jar a bit with what Borough are trying to do in, in terms of changing their model. Um, in terms of names and, and being excited by names, who, who'd excite you two? In terms of names that maybe haven't been mentioned, is there anyone that you thought when Tony Pulis left, or he, he'd tick the box, he'd fit the bill, and, and, and they haven't been mentioned, they haven't cropped up? Well, I'm, I'm a tired old Puritan, and it's not names that excite me, it's the, the prospect of football that, that excites me more than anything. Uh, uh, if anyone wants to come in and play attacking football and uh, stamp a DNA on the club that people can buy into and be excited by, well, that's great by me. It doesn't I'm not bothered who it is if they if they do the job and provide that kind of uh, zest about the club that can excite people. I mean, as much as I've, I've sort of gone away from the idea of appointing your sort of your big name managers, coach, sorry, players as managers. You're going to give us one. You know. He's going for you, 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 you do think that if Stephen Gerrard walked through the door next week at Rockcliffe, it would be exciting. It would be, you know, the fans would be enthused, I think, and it would be, you know, it's, it's a big name. I, I, I kind of talk myself, we've, we've had this chat a few know, times, know, Gary name. Neville. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, I know you, Valencia was an absolute disaster. I don't think you can judge him on No, and I just think he would be, I think he would get, I think he'd get, he would get Middlesbrough as a town for starters. He's a working class lad. You know, I love that rant he had a few years ago about you know supporters of Newcastle, Leeds, Man United. They're, they're the people who want the tea on the table at five o'clock and all that kind of stuff. And I think he gets he gets the North East. Um, I think he'd be good to work with from a press point of view. And I'd be lying if I said that wasn't a, a consideration. You know, it'd be awful to get a manager who just didn't engage with the press from you know because at the end of the day, what he tells us. We tell the fans, you know, whether it's through us or through the TV or through the radio. We'd have to brush up on our tactics. I'm yeah. sure we'd explain it in great detail. <laughs> we'll get it, yeah. So, um, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing somebody like that. I mean, when you look well, at the, when you look at the that, job... Is, that, is Gary Neville, is, is that at all a possibility? I don't know. Um, Could Borough tempt him out of the studio? Uh, possibly, because I think he'd probably think he's got a lot to prove. And I think Middlesbrough are a club still, as I wrote in that piece I did back in the last week, earlier this week... Middlesbrough is still an attractive proposition for a lot of managers, you know. If you're especially particularly a manager like him, if he was wanting to go back into it, you know, he probably it's not the worst squad in the world. World, despite what people have said, it's a great setup. You've got a great training ground. You've got a supportive chairman. You've got a great stadium with a loyal set of fans who who travel away in great numbers. It's a, still a good number for somebody. And um, I, the, 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 the the one who you know, if if you could do for Middlesbrough what he did for Leeds, someone like Bielsa. Um, you know who could just transform a group of players because make no mistake, you know you look at Leeds last season compared to this, there's night and day really, wasn't it? Uh, I think that's the thing. If you look at the top of the championship from this season, Dean Smith aside, because I think Dean Smith was proven with Brentford. Mm. They were all to a certain extent outside the box appointments. Yeah. Fark absolutely. Bielsa obviously proven, but he was still outside the box in the championship for England. Set up. For English yeah. football, Lampard obviously. Um, Chris Wilder was, you know, he, he, he was brought in when they were in League One. Yeah, so again, yeah. you know, he, he'd, he'd kind of buttered his bread in the lower leagues. None of them were, were the types who you'd automatically <laughs> guarantee, uh, automatically link with being results managers yeah. and everything that comes. Well, there's a generation that. of managers who are almost over the hill now, isn't there? The Allardyces. Yeah. Probably, possibly, Moyes. you know, you know Moyes, Tony Pulis perhaps might struggle to get another job at the level he wants. They're, they're now looked at as kind of. 
1990, early 2000s managers. Yeah. I, I wouldn't like to see that. I think that's the easy way of, of doing it. And I, I don't think that fundamentally changes the club because they come in with preconceptions of how a club's organised and what they want to do. And, and it, it may well be short-term successful, but it's a, it's a functional thing and it doesn't address you know, what, what the problems are at the club in, in terms of where we go from here and the next manager and beyond. And that, that's why I'd like to see someone that come in with the vision and, and willing to to dig in and, and start something that we'll see see the, the rewards of two, three, four years down the line. Time scale, Steve Gibson says there isn't one what's important is getting the right man. But realistically what what do we reckon? When 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 are we likely to get some movement? Well obviously there is a there is a time issue. Uh, it's not that long until pre season preparations will need to start. Uh, we know that the the market will start to move soon. There's a pressing need to uh, recruit backroom staff, so I, I can't imagine it dragging on too long. Uh, if you want to recruit people, presumably they need to arrange for interviews, uh, talk about presentations, how they go, to, what sort of football they want to play, where they see themselves fitting in to the club, you know, where they want to take the club, how they fit in with the ethos the the club is presenting. I don't know how long does it take to organise an interview. Presumably, I mean, some people may. St- the season isn't actually over yet. Some people might have only just finished this weekend. I mean, I'd like to think that, you know, hopefully it happens as fixes fairly soon and, you know, it's not that far away, as you say, at pre-season. I'd like to think we could see maybe the emergence of a new, to word I'm looking for, I mean, era. Um, you know, when I mean, you think how, you know, it, it's easy to forget, you know, there was a permanence about Robson's era at Borough. It was seven, was it seven years, I think, or seven seasons or whatever it was. You know, suddenly that, that you know, it, it felt like, it, you know, there was a permanence with that. And Steve McLaren for five years or whatever it was. And, you know, you got, you got the same, same personnel and they, they forged an identity. And, you know, it was the managers of McLaren, you know, Bill Beswick, whatever you thought of him, Steve Round, you know, Paul, um, the goalkeeping coach. Um, Paul Barron, thanks. Um, you know, then, and then, he, you know, and then apart from sort of probably Karanka's time, it's, been a lot of switching about, hasn't he? Yeah, he mogger for a couple of years. He got his three seasons um, after the, the Strachan thing, and the, the, never, last, the last few years, never in particular, really, yeah, we've never exactly. I mean, four in a year. I mean, how many coaches have we got through in the last five years? I'd like to see like a new dynasty emerge, and if, if you know whoever whoever the manager is, and, and somebody who's here. I know it sort of flies in the face of a little bit of this policy of having just an interchangeable manager and having a system and a philosophy so you can the club never changes and goes in one direction. I do also like the idea of potentially having a manager who comes in and builds builds a dynasty and is here for five or six years and Borough get back in the Premier League and is successful again, even if it's a Burnley-style success of a mid-table finish and trying to push for a Europa for League. For that to happen, does there need to be an acceptance from the start that... Bear with us, it might not happen in a year. And, and I know this is how managers talk, and you know, yeah. Gary Munn came in and talked about that, but it's slightly different now in that yeah, the money hasn't been spent. Who could have said that, but then they're backed up with the fact you've got I mean, a squad that should have And if you're making radical changes to the structure and, and the ethos of the club, I think you get that time. If you, if you get an established manager that comes in, I don't think you get that no, time. No, I think it's right. extra results. Yes. Exactly, you, you've been brought yeah. in on big money to produce results. So if I've, you bring a, a Sam Allardyce in, you know, you, you've got to be showing it in three months and Chris Hewton will be under the same kind of pressure. I mean, I, I think there's got to be a huge culture shift and I, I, I'm trying to not sound patronising here to, to support us because we're all supporters at the end of the day. But there's been an, 
a, a real trend now for the last few seasons whereby there's moment Middlesbrough lose a match, there's an incredible ground like massive overreaction quite often. But Middlesbrough will lose matches next season. Every team will lose matches next season, some more than others. You know, we had this thing where people say, I'll be happy if Borough finish 17th in the Premier League as long as they don't go down. But we found when that was the case that every time Borough lost, there was this really damaging reaction. And, and it's hard for a journalist to tell a fan not to be angry when your team loses because we get angry as well. But if the new manager comes in and maybe Borough lose two of the first seven or eight games and there is a little bit of win one, draw one, loss one, that's where it's going to be critical that A, the manager's strong enough to sell his vision so that he can ride the occasional storm and also that people behind the scenes, ourselves included, we haven't got to overreact if there's a bad performance. Fans are hopefully going to stay on side and are not going to get the same half dozen ringing tees demanding the manager's head you know, just because they've been beaten. You know. Teams will lose matches and I think there's... It feels as though everyone beats themselves up now the moment you know, a result doesn't go how we want it to and I think... That was particularly the case with Pures because people weren't enjoying the football either. But I think it was also the case during Karanka's. You know, there's been a bit of a rewriting of history now that throughout the Karanka reign, it only really turned sour in the last few months. There was always a significant proportion of the Middlesbrough fans who weren't having him and were complaining about the two up front thing and that was in a promotion season and, and they're entitled to their opinion. I think, I think that's partly due to the money that's been spent. Yeah, that's a fair uh, point, that, yeah. That's why the pressure was on Gary Monk because they'd spent 50 million quid and the expectation was they'd be in the top two. And as soon as you fall short of expectations, that you know there's a vacuum opens up, and that's where the problem is that it's easy, yeah. easy for poison to seep into that vacuum if yeah. there's no assertive uh, uh, vision from the club yeah. as to exp- explanations. This is what we're doing. This is that's gone wrong. But yeah. X, Y, and Z. And when cool, you just when you just leave it, when you just leave the, the bad feeling to fester, that's where you get the problems. I think that was a classic example. If 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 Burren, if, 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 if next season. The coming season, Borough suffer are in a similar position and suffer a similar result to what they did against Cardiff in the Gary Monk era, which was felt like the start of everyone turning on them, didn't it? That was what the first one. You really felt like the fans weren't really buying this, and he was very poor at selling what he want. You know, his 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 interaction with the supporters was very bland and very formulaic. That will be the acid test next season if Borough have a similar start and they're around around the eighth, seventh, eighth, ninth mark within touching distance of the top six and they suffer a disappointing home defeat. That's when it's, hopefully the fans are going to be able to take the longer view mm. and say, oh, yeah, all right, we can see, you see what you're trying to do. It isn't working, but we see what you're trying to I mean, do. Norwich made their structural and cultural change and finished 14th, and the fans were on, on these back. Start of this season, the first, when we went there, mm. there was a lot of talk amongst their press that, you know, if, if he loses today... The lives are yeah. going to be out. I do think I spoke, do need patience. I spoke to the Norwich report when uh, before Borough played them not last not the season just gone but the season before, and I was asking him you know what was it what was what was what were the, what were the fans' expectations that season? He said, um, stay up, you know, finish in a you know, hopefully mid table ish, and and everything's about next season. And I think to a degree there was an acceptance within the club within everybody in the club, that that was going to be a bit of a makeshift season. I'm not sure how Borough, Borough finishing 14th would fit next season. That's what it doesn't come to that. But if that, you know, that, you're asking a lot of people to say, well, we only finished 14th this season, but we'll do a Norwich next season. It's... It, it, it has to be part of a coherent 
cultural change. Mm. If people are aware of that, they're more likely to accept it. Yeah. If you say nothing and do your change behind the scenes and then the results on the pitch are, are poor, people will complain. Well, that's, I know we've run out of time, but the last two managers, Gary Monk uh, and well, even probably Aitor Karank as well, but certainly Gary Monk uh, and Tony Pewis, are de facto, were de facto sportsmen for the club because nobody else within the club spoke publicly apart from obviously players in post-match interviews. And I think that's... I'm not suggesting that Steve Gibson needs to talk every week or that Neil Bowser needs to talk every week, but it felt them, you know, whatever Tony Pulis said in a given week, that was it, wasn't it? You know, and he was, we were all at quotes about the investment, about the spending, about behind the scenes changes, about injuries, everything was coming via Tony Pulis. And I think, as Vic says, I think there has to be, I don't know how you go about doing it, but I think there has to be more of a shared, we're a club, we're moving forward together, we're all in this together, it's not just about the manager. It's it's about everyone connected with the, with 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 Middlesbrough Football Club, and I think if they can find a way to do that, that'll make it a lot easier to take everyone with them. Finally, just before we wrap up, just want to talk about the players. It's an uncertain time now for the players, isn't it? And I know you'd say, well, that's the case with every player in every club when when a manager goes and they and they're going into summer. But with the talk of so much change yeah. at Borough this summer and changing the playing style, there's certain players who Tony Pulis brought in. Who, who, you know, the, the kind of ready-made Tony Pulis players, if he was going to design a player, then that would be them. So they're going away, they're jetting away. You would imagine they're kind of checking the headlines, keeping tabs on what's going on. Really uncertain about what, what, what's in store for them when they get back. Yeah, I think so. I think it's all, especially if there's a managerial change. I, I think it's every summer is a, a question of, of uh, fluidity in football. Uh, and anyone can be sold at any moment. And they know that. They accept that as part and parcel of the game. But when you have a managerial change, then all bets are off because you may well have been a first-team fixture last year, but there's no guarantee that the new man will fancy you. So I think a lot of people will be looking over their shoulders. And especially a, a lot of the signals coming out of the club are about a new a new cost-consciousness. So if you're a big, big-earning player at Borough, you're probably conscious that if there's any interest, they may well be tempted to cash in on you. And, and on the other foot, uh, Phil, Maddo was saying on Tees last week that if you're a young player and you're going on your holidays now, you'd have read what Steve Gibson said, you'd have listened to all the noises coming out of the club and you'll be absolutely itching to, to stay in good nick and make sure you're firing all cylinders when you get back in. Yeah, and, and you'd imagine, wouldn't you, that a lot of the young players will probably get a chance in pre-season uh, because we will see, you, in, you inevitably see that not all the transfers, ins and outs are done by the time the team goes down to Scunthorpe to play a friendly or goes over to Marbella. Triori was still a Borough yeah, player, wasn't Yeah, it? yeah exactly. You know, Patrick Bamford was, I think. Um, so, the, you know, even I talk around, it was taking, you know, lots of, uh, a few academy kids, was it problem people like that with him, to, you know, on friendly. So they will get a chance. And I think it's a big, it's almost a call your bluff situation, isn't it? Because, you know, you're almost saying these players, right, okay, we... We've heard how good you are, and you keep telling us how good you are. Raoul, your chances come, prove it. I think that's that's good. It's healthy. I think at the end of the day, if, you know, if they go out there and they show they can do it, then they deserve a place in the team. And um, uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to put Jed Spence up against whoever might want to play at right back or wherever, or give give um, Nathan Wood another chance at centre back and see if he's kicked on in twelve months from from last summer and. You know, Stephen Walker is probably asking a lot for him to be a first-choice striker in the championship team after a short loan at MK Dons. But nonetheless, he might push his. 
and, and you know there's no room for complacency and I think I think some of the older players I'm not going to name names here but some of the players who've been around a bit and they're getting towards the 30s or are now in the 30s it should be right that they don't feel comfortable and they feel their place is under pressure because when they were 21 that's what they'll have done to somebody else they'll have They'll have been in the you know in and around the squad and getting a chance and that's how they got into football by 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 unseating the previous incumbent. So that's how that's what you want in a squad, isn't it? You want everybody working you know flat out to to take somebody else's. I mean, place. this time last year, no one would have predicted the rise of Lewis Wink. No, I mean he'd been on loan at a League Two club, mm. and and in some respects he only went to Austria to make up the numbers, uh, yeah. and he he grabbed his opportunity, nailed down a place in the squad, and now you say well. He's probably a first team fixture next year. Well, it's not about what the players will be thinking. You'd imagine British Sambalonga going away in the African Cup of Nations might be pleased about the prospect of potentially missing a trip to Austria. <laughs> 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 it was either that or a timely hamstring strain, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it's going to be an interesting few days, months, and week, weeks, months. Even keeping, uh, keep following the Gazette's blog and the Gazette's site and we'll, we'll keep you up to date with what's going on. And we'll do a tripe again early next week and maybe Borough might have a new manager in place by then. Thanks for listening. Cheers.